It is said that the average amount of time someone can handle unplanned silence, it's about 15 to 20 seconds before we start squirming. Because silence is very difficult for us to hold on to. Silence is hard for us because we live in a noisy world. We live in the city that doesn't sleep. When we enter into our homes, one of the first things we do is we turn on the television because silence is often very difficult for us to hold on to. When we get into our cars, one of the first things we do is turn on the radio, turn on music because we have a hard time just with the silence. To hold silence between another person and with another person is often a very challenging experience, especially if you don't know that person. If you are driving with someone and you don't know who they are, it's very awkward to just be silent the whole time because your level of familiarity with someone uh, makes it easier to be silent with that person. But if you're unfamiliar with that person, it's very difficult to be silent. If you're with someone and you're traveling together for an hour or so, you don't know that person, it's very awkward when there's extended periods of silence. You want to talk about anything, traffic, weather, sports, politics, just to deal with the awkwardness of silence. But when you know someone and you're intimate with someone and have communion with someone, you could have long periods and long intervals of silence. And what does it say about our lives when we have a hard time being silent with God? Perhaps we're not as familiar with God as we think we are. We've been on a series focusing on our rule of life, and one of the aspects of our rule of life as a church is to befriend silence, to make friends with silence. And yet silence is something that's very difficult for us to make friends with. Silence is something difficult for us to hold on to. And yet in the scriptures, directly and indirectly, we see time and time again that silence is a means of our spiritual formation, a means of our life with God. I want to read Psalm 46 for us. And after reading Psalm 46, I want to invite us into a kind of creative experience in silence together. But Psalm 46 offers some important truth for us as we think about silence together. Psalm 46, beginning in verse number one, hear the word of the Lord. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease. To the ends of the earth, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know 
that I am God. I will be exalted among nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This psalm begins with words that are deeply encouraging, that God is our refuge, that God is our strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. And this is something when we gather together as the people of God every Sunday that we need to be reminded of, that no matter what you're facing at home, no matter what you're facing at work, no matter what the world is facing, God is present. That you might not be able to see it, but I want to let you know God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's our refuge where we can hide in. He's our strength. He's the one that we can turn to. The psalmist begins with these words, this declaration, this truth about who God is. But after he gives this declaration and this truth about who God is, he begins to paint a picture of a world that is in uproar, a world that is experiencing some kind of hostility. In verse number six, he says, uh, the world is in uproar, kingdoms fall. Nations are in uproar. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. He gives a picture of war. He gives a picture of hostility. He gives a picture of mountains crumbling. He gives a picture of chaos in the world. Fires burning in California. Mass shooting taking place. Political hostility in our world. There's a lot of uproar happening. War around the world. We, we could very easily forget verse number one. That God is a... Refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He begins in verse 1, but throughout the rest of the psalm, he talks about all the chaos that ensues, so much so that it could have us forget verse number 1. But to remind us of verse number 1, he takes us back to verse number 10. While there is war going around, while there is uproars of nations, while there is chaos that ensues around us, in verse 10, he helps us to get back to the center. He says, be still. And know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. That phrase in verse 10 is a, a verse that means a lot to many people. And when we see that verse, it means a number of things. It means to be still in that context of war, in that context of hostility means don't participate in the violence, don't participate in the hostility that's around you. To be still means uh, that we're not trying to fix this stuff on our own, that we don't have the strength in our own to fix what's happening in our own world and in the world around us. To be still means to be silent. And know that God is God. Befriending silence is one of the great spiritual practices for our lives to be deepened in God. And yet we have a difficult time holding it. My first experience with silence came as a 22-year-old. As a 22-year-old, I was in college. I was a junior in college. And my college class went to a monastery for a weekend. It was in Bear Mountain. It was called Graymore Monastery, a monastery of Franciscan monks and priests. And part of the weekend was on the Saturday, each student would find, would be, would be given a different space in the monastery to be alone in solitude and in silence. And the professor had me in one particular area for six to seven hours. 
And he said, I want you to stay here for six to seven hours in solitude and in silence. I want to just show you an image of where I was for six to seven hours. And for six to seven hours, he said, go to the next slide there. You cannot get off the platform. And he said, I'm not giving you a Bible either because you'll probably just write sermons. I want you to listen to God. And so he just gave me a pen and a journal. And for six to seven hours, in the silence of a monastery, monastic grounds there, I was introduced to the power of silence. Something was deepened inside of me. I was exposed to the life of God, a communion with God, not based on words, but based on listening, based on simply being with God. Be still and know that God is God. Now, the best way to enter into silence is not for me just to preach about it, to give words about silence, but for us to experience silence together. And so I want to introduce a 15-minute part of this message, that for 15 minutes, we're going to have a, a silent sermon, a sermon that's going to be on the screen here with some words that come up from time to time, with some images that come up from time to time. For those of you, this screen has been giving us a lot of trouble today, so for those of you who can't see what's on the image there, feel free to look towards the television right in the back there where you can see an image as well. For 15 minutes, I want us to hold silence together, to experience silence together, to fashion a desert in the middle of a city so that we can listen to God, so that we can be with God. And as we enter into this 15 minutes of silence, I want to give just a couple of instructions. The first instruction I want to give is I want to invite you to just take out your phone for a moment. And what I'd like you to do is one of two things. I'd like you to either put your phone on vibrate mode, silent mode, or if you have great faith to turn off your phone <laughs> for 15 minutes. If you think, I, I think I have the faith to turn off my phone for 15 minutes, I want to invite you to do that for 15 minutes. The second thing I want to invite you to do is to just look at the screen. There'll be times when we'll invite you to close your eyes, but there'll be times for us to just put your uh, focus on the screen to be led by the words and images that are on there. And, and thirdly, if, if you have children in the room and they get a little fussy, we'll have the sermon on the outside in the overflow area there. So feel free to, if your child gets fussy, just walk out there and you can participate as well from the overflow room. Lastly, let me say this. To have 15 minutes of silence might be challenging for some. And some of you might wonder, what if I fall asleep in these 15 minutes of silence? And I want to reassure you for a moment. I love the story that's spoken of Pope Francis, that whenever someone would pray, he came to the Pope and said, Pope, listen, every time I pray, I fall asleep. Is there something wrong? And he said, what does this mean, he says? And the Pope says, it means you need more sleep. That's what it means. <laughs> And so you're not a bad Christian if you fall asleep during 15 minutes of silence. It just means you need more sleep. I want to open ourselves up to the power of the Holy Spirit, to the friendship and communion of God. And so I, I want to invite you just to uh, sit upright. 
plant both feet on the ground, take a deep breath in and out. And let's just open ourselves up to the work of God, keeping your eyes on the screen or in the back there. And let's do this for 15 minutes today, not just preaching about silence, but experiencing it together. Lord Jesus, we open ourselves to your love, to your grace, to this silence. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our souls as it is in heaven. Amen. Let's begin. Congratulations, you survived. Whether you know it or not, your soul craves silence. Whenever I experience anxiety, worry, confusion, anger, what my soul is often crying out for is silence. Whenever I'm triggered with anxious thoughts, worried thoughts, the counterintuitive thing is to just open ourselves up to God and to be silent, to be still, and know that God is God. Diedrich Bonhoeffer in his book, Life Together, says that we are to start today in silence because God should have the first word, and we should end today in silence because God should have the last word that our lives are to be bracketed with silence, opening ourselves up to God's life, to God's spirit, to God's will. And what we experience today is to be something that shapes every day, whether it's for three minutes, five minutes, 15 minutes. Over the past few months, my soul, I've needed 30 to 40 minutes of silence in a given day in intervals of 15 to 20 minutes to be present to God. And many of us, I imagine, need the same. The beautiful thing about silence is God is always with open hands waiting for us. And what will happen if you engage in silence is this. You'll close your eyes, and although there might be the noise of the ambulance passing by, the noise of cell phones and all the ruckus of being in a city, what will happen is there will be some interior noise as well. Fear, imaginary conversations, long-held resentments that all of a sudden come to the surface. And all of a sudden, you want to be present to God, but you find yourself so distracted. And we get very discouraged at that moment. But As one person said, if your mind gets distracted a thousand times in 10 minutes, it's a thousand times to come back to God. And he's waiting for us with open hands. And we are invited to experience this kind of life with God. When you came in, you probably received, hopefully, if not, we'll have some in the back, a card that says silence and stillness. 
If you didn't get one of these, make sure you pick it up in the back of the room here. At New Life, our goal is to get you to be still, to quiet down. For many of us, when we pray, a lot of our prayer lives are us talking to God. I need this, and I need this, and I need this, and I need this. But what we want to move to is to embrace silence as well. And so uh, feel free to pick this up, keep it in your Bible, put it on your desk at work, on your refrigerator, something that helps you to, to take three to four minutes or more of silence a day, opening ourselves up to God's life. Let me invite everyone to stand. Let me have the worship team, the prayer team come to my left. Invite those who are going to be offering the bread and the cup to come to my right. In that passage in the book of Kings, it's not that God is not in the earthquake, the fire, or the wind. Prior to Elijah, those were the ways that God revealed himself to his people in dramatic and loud ways. It's not that God is, I want the dramatic. I want the Holy Spirit to come and fall on this place and heal us. And I want all of that. The point is, if we're only looking for that, we're going to miss out on a significant way that God wants to speak to us. And so maybe when you were silent today, some thoughts came to the surface, anxiety came to the surface. And one of the reasons we have a prayer team here is because we want to pray with you for your pain, your anxiety, your agony, your distress, your despair, your hopelessness. And we want to pray for whatever need that you have. And we'll have a Wilda here to offer the bread and the cup to you as well. The reason we have access to God in silence is because Jesus Christ was broken and poured out for us. We can be silent with God because it was Jesus who cried out on the cross, dying for us so that we could be one with the Father, experiencing communion with God. And so when we take the bread and dip it in the cup, we are reminded of the extent of God's love to get us to a place of communion with God. And so whether you're coming for prayer, whether you're coming for the bread and the cup, as the Spirit of God leads you, feel free to respond. As we close, I want to invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. And may our days, our weeks, our months, our years, our lifetime from this point on be marked by silence where we open ourselves up to God's life. Brothers and sisters and sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building in the power of the Holy Spirit, opening yourself up to the life of God. And may God's life and grace pour through you this week as you open space for him. And may you offer that grace to the world around you. I bless you all today in the strong, in the beautiful, in the loving name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Grace and peace to you all.